Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovey, and it is quite an exciting week in the world of professional wrestling with what happened this past Wednesday night in Queens, New York. And we have a pay-per-view coming up this Sunday night. Going to preview that. Plus, going to talk about the top 100 in this year's PWI 500, including who was Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant. I'll explain that a little bit later on. Now, um, I want to begin the show because we got some news yesterday that, to be perfectly honest, I thought had already happened, but... It did not. Uh, it was officially announced yesterday that Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux are engaged. Now, I'm sure some of you who are a long-time listener are wondering, why are you not playing the Funeral March song when in- this engagement is announced? Well, that's because, like I said, I thought they were already engaged, to be honest. So, um, but in all seriousness, congratulations to both Carrie and Cross and Scarlett. They've been together for God knows how long. It's been a long, long time. Um, but they're now officially engaged to be married. Congratulations to the both of them on that exciting news. Well, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and the G1 Tournament. It has started all... Well, it started last Saturday. And the big news so far from this tournament is the unfortunate injury 
of Tetsuya Naito. He uh, suffered a knee injury in one of the first or two matches in uh, his block in the tournament. And because of that, he has to withdraw from the tournament. So he will no longer compete in this year's G1 Climax. So everyone who has yet to compete against Tetsuya Naito will get a win as a result of a forfeit. So I have the updated standings after today's events. Take a look at Block A, and right now it is Great Okan in first place with an undefeated 3-0 record, followed by Zack Sabre Jr. and Shingo at tied for second, along with Toru Yano, Kenta, Yujiro Takahashi, and Kota Ibushi. They each have four points, and Tangaloa and Tomohiro Ishii are at two points. Meanwhile, in Block B, Jeff Cobb, Taichi, and Kazuchika Okada are all tied for first with four points. Evil, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Sanada, and Tamatanga are tied with two points. And Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Chase Owens are tied with no points. Uh, there will be some action coming up in the next several days. Night 5 is this Sunday, which will feature the following A-block matches. Kota Ibushi against Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Ishii against Kenta, Toru Yano against Tangaloa, and Great Okan against Yujiro Takahashi. Then they will be off for two days before coming back on Wednesday, September 29th with the B-block. Kazuchika Okada will face Yoshihashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Tamatonga, Hiroki Goto against Jeff Cobb, Sanada against Chase Owens, and Taichi against Evil. Then, September 30th, we'll see the A block, Shingo against Kenta, Kota Ibushi against Toru Yano, Zack Sabre Jr. against Great Okan, and Tomohiro Ishii against Tangaloa. And next Friday, October the 1st, sees... Hiroshi Tanahashi against Sanada, Kazuchika Okada against Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi against Taichi, Evil against Chase Owens, and Jeff Cobb against Tama Tonga. That is the lineup for this next seven-day period going forward in the G1 Climax Tournament. Um, This little piece of news is pretty much going to confirm that the King of the Ring is coming back. Uh, Fox 5 in New York City recently posted that on Sunday, October the 3rd at 4.30 p.m., they will have a special King of the Ring countdown. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because... There had been reports for a while that the King of the Ring tournament was coming back, and they were also going to do a Queen of the Ring tournament. This special basically confirms that we are going to have a King of the Ring tournament and possibly a Queen of the Ring tournament. Once more information comes, we'll let you know right here on That Wrestling Show. Okay. This next piece of story, this next story I'm about to talk about, 
just came across. And this is such a weird story. Uh, but to do this, I have to play the proper song. If you do not know what that song is, that is the theme song to American Gladiators, the hit television show in the early 1990s and tried again in the 2000s. Deadline.com has reported that WWE is involved in a revival of American Gladiators with MGM with the pitch being, are you ready for this folks? that WWE personalities would be involved, obviously, in the Gladiator roles. The show is currently being pitched. Um, <laughs> my God. I, okay, I, I'm going to read the article. Um, the deadline just posted on here. Uh, America Gladiators, the classic competition series that originally premiered in 1989, is taking another shot at the obstacle course. Deadline understands that MGM has teamed with WWE for a reimagined version of the non-scripted series that will feature a slew of WWE wrestling superstars. Mark Burnett and his team are currently pitching the rebooted series, which is based on the format created by Johnny Ferraro and Dan Carr to broadcasters and platforms. It seems like good timing for the Hollywood studio and Vince McMahon's Wrestling Federation given the success of physical competition series in a non-scripted space from American Ninja Warrior to Floor is Lava and Holy Moly, as well as the growing focus on WWE with Netflix interactive film Escape the Undertaker and a documentary series about McMahon from Bill Simmons, as well as Blumhouse TV scripted series The United States of America vs. Vince McMahon in the works. Denline also revealed this year that a documentary about American gladiators, gladiators has been set as an upcoming 30 for 30 documentary from ESPN and Vice Studios. I will be there on the couch to watch that documentary. Um, okay. Here, here's the thing, folks. I, I was a fan of American Gladiators as a kid. I loved American Gladiators as a kid. I watched the revival with Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali, and really the biggest star that came out of that was Gina Carano. That was like she was the biggest star that came out of that show. I don't know if this gets picked up, if this is going to work. Because you're basically telling me that you're going to use WWE wrestlers as the gladiators for this version of America Gladiators. What is wrong with trying to find people that fit the description of being American Gladiators? I mean, I don't know. Do I really want to see Akira Tozawa as a gladiator? Do I really want to see Dewdrop as a gladiator? 
I mean, you could probably you could probably get Carrion Cross. He's already dressed like a gladiator. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. If I'm a WWE wrestler, and I was told you're gonna be on American Gladiators if this happens, but if I'm told you're gonna be on American Gladiators, I'm gonna say one of two things: either hell no, or I want to be cut. I want to be released. Why would you put WWE wrestlers on America Gladiators? Because, folks, let's be real. Roman Reigns is not, if this happens, Roman Reigns is not going to be on American Gladiators. Drew McIntyre, not going to be on American Gladiators. Big E, Bobby Lashley, not going to be on American Gladiators. They will get either the lower tier wrestlers who are in the 24-7 division or NXT wrestlers to get them to be on American Gladiators. That is one of... I bet you that is what will happen. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you if this comes through. But we don't know. Uh, sticking with reality TV non-scripted, this week was the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars Season 30, and The Miz danced with his partner Whitney Carson, and I'm going to tell you what they did. Uh, the Miz and Whitney p- performed the cha-cha-cha to the song Butter, by BTS and they got a score of 24 which is not a bad score that kind of puts them in the middle of the pack um of course they have such hard tough competition this year with Christine Chu Brian Austin Green Matt James Amanda Klutz, Kenya Moore, Cody Rigsby, JoJo Siwa. You you basically get the point. So anyway, because this was the first episode, nobody was eliminated this week. No one was eliminated this week. However, next week will be a first elimination And The Miz and Whitney will be performing a tango next week. That is going to be their dance. What song they perform to, I don't know. Uh, For those of you that are into this show, here's the next set after this week's episode. October 4th is Britney night. So you're going to get Britney, bitch. And then we get two nights of Disney Week. Heroes Night and Villains Night. Yep. Dancing with the Stars, folks. Dancing with the Stars. But The Miz got a 24, so can't really complain about that. So we'll see what happens with The Miz if he ends up staying on the show or not next week. Alright, I want to talk about the 
unbelievable event this past Wednesday night, AEW, in Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. Their biggest crowd to date, 20,000 plus in attendance, with an unbelievable match of Kenny Omega and American Dragon Brian Danielson. I watched that entire match. I watched the the entire match. It was a wonderful match to see. And I think because... And this is just my opinion. I think because it was a non-title match, it kind of made the expectation or anticipation of the match that much better and it became a very fun match to watch these guys were beating the crap out of each other for 30 minutes it went it went to the 30 minute time limit but my god what a match it was um it was a fun match to see um i don't know if it would be the match of the year because i i still think one of the the matches from wrestle kingdom probably would get my vote right now for match of the year although it's close um but no that that was just a fun match to watch it was what you'd expect it to be and you know it, it it is what it is and where we go from here is going to be very interesting i don't know if we're gonna get you know them facing each other again down the road i i, I really don't know i'm kind of interested to see how it's going to be but a fantastic match um just fun it was just fun um Meltzer rated this match and he gave it five stars which I think is fair um just a terrific match it, it really was many near falls the crowd was into it and I know there were some people that were upset about how it ended going to the 30 minute time limit but to be honest folks I I had no problem with with it I really had no problem whatsoever with it going to the full 30 minutes and I think we'll see these two wrestle again because what we got was a polished Kenny Omega a polished Brian Danielson from the last time they met, which was several years ago. And they are two of the best wrestlers going today. And it's just amazing to see what they have done, what they've accomplished, and the match is a perfect example. Staying with AEW, they made a very big announcement this week that they have entered a relationship with the Owen Hart Foundation and we will be having a tournament in Owen Hart's name. I will read the press release that came out on September 20th. 
All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a non-profit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. This alliance incorporates opportunities to develop Owen Hart action figures via AEW's partnership with Jazz Wares, apparel, posters, and additional collectible merchandise. Owen Hart is survived by his wife, Dr. Martha Hart, who spearheads the Owen Hart Foundation with a mission of providing global aid to at-risk communities such as scholarships, housing, various forms, international assistance, food drives, backpack giveaways, and Christmas projects. AEW's relationship with the Hart family dates back to our inaugural pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, in 2019, and Owen's influence is still felt today, said Tony Khan, AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative. To extend his memory and his legacy even further through this agreement is a powerful and meaningful moment for the entire wrestling community. The Owen Hart Foundation is extremely pleased to partner with AEW in this wonderful joint venture to honor Owen's substantial international wrestling career and the lasting influence he and his craft has had in the sport. AEW's Owen Hart Cup tournament serves as a tremendous tribute to Owen and provides an incredible way for professional wrestling enthusiasts to celebrate his work in a most fitting way. We trust that Tony Khan and his amazing AEW team will do a brilliant job with this highly anticipated project. This Owen Hart Foundation AEW partnership is my special gift to all of Owen's magnificent loyal fans who forever remember him and his inspiring repertoire of talents. And that quote is from Dr. Martha Hart. I want to say, first of all, this is a tremendous thing that is being done in professional wrestling. That we have this tournament to honor the legacy of Owen Hart. And I think this is a tremendous thing that AEW is doing. And I really don't know of too many other wrestling organizations that could do this. The problem that I have is not in the tournament itself, but the reaction of some of the people. Some of the people reacting and talking about how, why is AEW doing this? This should not be done by AEW. This should be done by WWE. Blah, 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 blah. I say this. Dr. Martha Hart and her kids said... Last year, on Dark Side of the Ring, they will never let WWE induct Owen Hart into their Hall of Fame. Why would, why would a place that killed an individual induct someone into their Hall of Fame? Which, I told, after I watched it, I understood, I agreed, and I apologized on this podcast last year and totally understand where Owen's family was coming from. 
it's cool that we get a tournament. It's going to be every year. And this can be something. This can be something. And the other argument that I have heard is why are you doing a tournament named after someone who never worked for you? IWA Mid-South changed the name of their tournament, which they did, the Sweet Science 16, to the Ted Petty Invitational. And Ted Petty never worked at IWA Mid-South, to the best of my knowledge. Why are people being so annoying about the fact that an organization a promotion is trying to do something good trying to do something great god forbid that we live in a society today folks where someone out of the kindness of their heart wants to do something for a charity my god if we did something for a charity today people would be offended left and right get over it get over it I mean it is absolutely ridiculous that we have a bunch of people here who are, are complaining about this it, it it makes me sick it really does um, and to those of you who complain about this check yourself you really need to check yourself because you're the problem. Not Tony Khan. Not Martha Hart. Not AEW. You. You are the problem. Let's get into the PWI Top 500. Uh, the list came out a few weeks ago. I have my copy of the magazine here. And going to talk about the Top 100... And this year I'm going to do it a little differently. I'm going to go through uh, from 1 to 100. I, I, I figured let's do it a little differently this year. I'm going to go through each group of 10 and give you my thoughts. And let's start with the top 10. Uh, number 1 is Kenny Omega. Number 2, Roman Reigns. 3, Bobby Lashley. 4, Drew McIntyre. 5, Kota Ibushi, 6, John Moxley, 7, Will Ospreay, 8, Finn Balor, 9, Shingo Takagi, and 10, Rich Swan. That is your top 10. You could go either way, honestly, with number 1. You could go either Omega or Reigns. Um, however, you know, whichever way you wanted to go... I think I would have been absolutely fine with. Um, I think Omega is the right pick. But again, I would not have been upset if they had gone Roman Reigns as number one. Both have had tremendous years. I think these two are going to be the favorites when we do our year-end awards. And I could see a lot of people voting for Omega. And I could see a lot of people voting for Roman Reigns as you know, the wrestler of the year. 
as far as the rest of the top 10, I have no problem with anybody on this list. The one that kind of interests me is Rich Swan at number 10. He kind of just squeaked in, but I think he's a deserving top 10. Um, totally fine with it, and I think it's good for him and it's good for Impact Wrestling that he is in the top 10. 11 through 20, 11, Cody Rhodes, 12, Randy Orton, 13, Big E, 14, Darby Allen, 15, Tetsuya Naito, 16, Karrion Cross, 17, Ultimo Guerrero, 18, Suwama, 19, Chris Jericho, 20, Jonathan Gresham. Ah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how Cody got to number 11 on this list. Uh, I'd I'd have put a few other people ahead of him. I honestly would have put Randy Orton ahead of Cody on this one. I think Randy had the better year. Um, You know what? Hell, I would have put Jonathan Gresham ahead of Cody Rhodes. I I thought Gresham had a tremendous year. Um, There's a few people there that I would have put ahead of him. And good international representation... Here in the top 20, besides Ibushi, besides Osprey, and besides Shingo, Ultimo Guerrero at 17, and Suwama at 18, and Suwama, before he had to vacate the Triple Crown title because of COVID, was just on a momentum. He was on a roll. But very good job. Oh, and Naito as well. Naito at 15. I forgot to mention him. Very good job by... Pro Wrestling Illustrated to to honor to mention these wrestlers on this list to put them at such a high ranking 15, 17, and 18 respectively. Um, just a tremendous job by PWI here, and very good job to all three of those guys. They deserved that ranking. Twenty one through thirty. Orange Cassidy, 21. Laredo Kid, 22. Kaiji Muto, 23. Keith Lee, 24. Kazuchika Okada, 25. MJF, 26. Braun Strowman, 27. Walter, 28. Evil, 29. And Nick Aldis at 30. Uh, With this group, I'm kind of... Look, I love Keith Lee. Don't get me wrong. I love Keith Lee. I'm kind of surprised he's that high up at 24. I thought the time away would have put him a little bit further back. Um, but 24 is a very good position for him. Walter, I thought, would have been a little bit higher. I thought maybe he would have been top 20 with his run as NXT UK champion. Okada... Outside of the top 10 for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, Very interesting there. And Kaiji Muto, the only one from the original PWI 500 that is still ranked in the PWI 500. 31 through 40, 31 Jacob Fatu, 32 Cesaro, 33 Pack. 34, Adam Page. 35, AJ Styles. 36, Daniel Bryan. Well, Bryan Danielson now. 
Adam Cole, 37, Miro, 38, Jay White, 39, and Moose is at number 40. Um, good crop of 10 here. This is a real good crop here. Um, I think, Dan I thought Brian Danielson again. I thought he would have been a little bit lower. Maybe the fact that he had the main event for no, either no way out or road. I, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was. And then the main event of WrestleMania with Roman Reigns and Edge, I, I think that might have propelled him to get into that position. Adam Cole, I thought he'd be a little bit higher on this list as well. Um, but other than that, I really don't have any complaints about that group of 10. So now we go to 41 through 50. Dragon Lee, 41. El Hijo del Vikingo, 42. Johnny Gargano, 43. Trish Adora, 44. Jay Uso, 45. Jake Lee, 46. Lee Moriarty, 47. Seth Rollins, 48. AJ Gray, 49. And Kyle O'Reilly at 50. want to point out right away, Trish Adora, the highest ranked female competitor on the list at number 44. That is a tremendous thing for her and a tremendous thing for all women's professional wrestlers. Um... It just goes to show that, you know, the women can be in this list as much as the men. And who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe one day a woman will be number one in the PWI 500. A uh, couple other, Jay Uso probably at the highest ranking he will ever be in his career, unless he decides to be a singles wrestler. Be interesting to see there. Lee Moriarty, he's been making a name for himself in the independence. Glad to see him in the top 50. Same with AJ Gray. Glad to see him in the top 50. Uh, 51 through 60. 51, Jun, uh, Jun Akayama. 52, Hiromu Takahashi. 53, Leo Rush. 54, Alex Hammerstone. 55, Ray Phoenix. 56, Sheamus. 57, Pagano. 58, Shun Skywalker, 59, Tom Lawler, and 60, Go Shiozaki. Um, I'm very surprised with Leo Rush's ranking at 53. I didn't even think he'd be top 100, to be honest. Did not think he would be top 100. Um, but here, you get Ray Phoenix at 55. Pentagon Jr.'s not or has not been mentioned yet. I don't know if he's in the top 100. I have not seen the list of the top 100. It will be very interesting to see where his brother falls, but here you could see Pro Wrestling Illustrated favoring Ray a little bit more than Nick Gage. Or not Nick Gage, uh, Pentagon Jr., I'm sorry. I had 61 through 70, 61, Nick Gage. 62, Hiroshi Tanahashi, 63, Kevin Owens, 64, Tony Deppin, 65, Apollo Crews, Simi, uh, 66, Sammy Guevara, 67, Takashi Sugiyora, 68, Karistico, 69, Jungle Boy, and 70, Kofi Kingston. Very happy to see Tony Deppin this high up 
in the PWI 500. He became one of my favorite wrestlers this year to watch. Glad to see him get ranked this high. Nick Gage getting ranked at 61. Shows you he's been having a very big year. Good to see Nick Gage um, get a very good position. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy at 69 had a big year. I think there's going to be big years coming up ahead for Jungle Boy. 71 through 80. 71, Sonata. 72, Rohit Raju. 73, Bronson Reed. 74, Bray Wyatt. 75, Eddie Kingston. 76, Riddle. 77, Eric Young. 78, Trevor Murdoch. 79, Naomichi Mirafuji. And 80, Sami Zayn. Um, no, I got nothing, nothing to say on this one. I, I, I don't mind this group of 10. Um, Eddie Kingston at 75 is really cool. That's pretty freaking cool to see there. 81 through 90, 81, Santos Escobar, 82, Shinsuke Nakamura, 83, Brian Cage, 84, Myron Reed, 85, Damian Priest, 86, 80, or Eddie Edwards, 87, Minoru Suzuki, 88, Aaron Stevens, 89, The Miz, and 90, Tracy Williams. Um, yeah, it's about the right area for Brian Cage, I think, looking at this list. One that kind of surprises me this high up is Aaron Stevens. I mean, I know he was a co-holder of the NWA World Tag Team titles for most of this year. Just kind of surprised he's up that high. No disrespect to him, but it's just a little surprised to see him that high up. And the final group of 10, 91 through 100. 91, TJP. 92, Chris Dickinson. 93, Powerhouse Hobbs. 94, Chris Bay. 95, Effie. 96, Wheeler Utah. 97, Warhorse. 98, The Pope, 99, Black Taurus, and 100, Pete Dunn. Um, again, glad to see people like Warhorse and Wheeler Utah and Chris Dickinson this high up on the, on the top 100. TJP, I don't know if he would have been top 100 for me. He, he probably would have been outside of it, but it's still a good position for him. So, for those curious, who were the 10 that missed out on being in the top 100? Well, going to go through those real quick. And they are in order from 101 to 110. They are Zack Sabre Jr., El Desperado, Rey Mysterio Jr., Lance Archer, Jeff Hardy, Joey Janela, Josh Alexander, Brody King, Fred Yehi, and Jay lethal those were the next 10 uh of that group i definitely see josh alexander possibly getting into the top 100 next year maybe zach saber jr maybe brody king but that's really about it i i don't see much from the pardon me from the rest of that group that just missed out on the top 100 so, uh, who was number 500 this year? Basically, who was Mr., or in this case, Mrs. Irrelevant? This year's number 500, Lulu Pencil. 
Who is Lulu Pencil, you might wonder? Lulu Pencil, trained by Emi Sakura and Mai Suruga, competed in a 30-minute Iron Man match against Chris Brooks, is a journalist-turned-wrestler who has won the hearts of fans on Gato Move's Choco Bro series, despite a bleak win-loss record, has shown promise in successful tag outings. And that is Miss Irrelevant for 2021. Um, if you want to do a Mr. Irrelevant, it is Robert Martyr, who was number 498. Um, if you want the full list of the top 500, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, their latest issue has come out. It is available on newsstands. You can get it digitally or check out the internet because that's what the internet is for. But congratulations to Kenny Omega, second time being ranked number one in the PWI 500. Well, this Sunday we happen to have a pay-per-view, folks. Yes, we have a pay-per-view. It is Extreme Rules. And as of this recording, there's nothing extreme about it. Yep, nothing extreme about Extreme Rules right now. Hopefully, by the time the pay-per-view happens Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll get something. Hopefully. Or do we? Hold on. Do we have an Extreme Rules match? Mm, well, we don't at the moment, but we'll, we'll see. We, we, we'll probably have one by Sunday night. So I'm going to go through the card. going to give you my predictions as to who will win these matches. Go from the order bottom to the top. Gonna start with Liv Morgan against Carmella. Please let this be the end of the feud. Liv Morgan will win this match. The Usos defend the SmackDown Tag Team titles against the Street Profits. Gotta go with the Usos. Gotta go with the Us. Gonna keep the tag team titles on that one. United States title will be on the line in a triple threat match as Damian Priest will defend against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Damian Priest just won the title at SummerSlam. I don't see him losing it. Damian Priest will retain the title. Uh, I think Jeff Hardy's going to be the one that takes the fall in this one. I, I think Jeff's going to be the one that loses the fall in that match. SmackDown women's title on the line. Becky Lynch defending against Bianca Belair. Let's just be serious, folks. As much as we all love Bianca, Becky is retaining that title. Becky Lynch is going to stay champion. Charlotte Flair defends the Raw women's title against Alexa Bliss. I'm not going to say it a third time because I've already said it the last two times uh, about betting against Charlotte Flair. It's just going to be Charlotte Flair. Charlotte's going to win. And the main event for this show, Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Finn Balor. Finn Balor will be the demon for this one. They pretty much spoiled it when they announced that Roman Reigns was going to face Brock Lesnar at the next Saudi show. They really did. So Roman Reigns is going to retain the Universal title. Hopefully it will be a good show, but I don't have much hopes of that. 
Well, on that note, that's going to do it for the show for this week. So let's get to the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email. Wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. If you do send a question, I will read it on the show. Plus, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at WrestlingShow11. Follow us on Instagram at That Wrestling Show. Join the Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group. You type that in the search bar and boom, you're right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put a link in the description of each and every episode. And if you like what you heard here and you'd like some extra content, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash That Wrestling Show, where you can pledge a certain amount of money. Our highest tier is three dollars a month that's the highest we will go is three dollars that is patreon.com backslash that wrestling show now to plug some friends and podcasts you guys should check out starting with our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with joe Morata and michael quinn this is their season finale and this week in their unsung heroes they talk about Ted Turner, plus the finale of the Royal Flush of the Worst Celebrities in Wrestling, plus they review an ESPN special from 1999, Outside the Lines, Pro Wrestling's Hold on America. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week it is part two of their conversation with Impact Star and PWI Top 100, TJP, as he shares advice he got from Scott Hall, Vince McMahon giving him a chance to prove his worth, being homeless in 2008, and so much more. That is this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. If you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out the Best Pick Movie Podcast with Tom, John, and Jess, as this time around, they're watching their favorite movies. This week, they discuss The Lady Killers, the original one starring Alec Guinness. That is this week on the Best Pick Movie Podcast. Also, check out The Castle Vault, which is a deep dive of Disney+. Plus. Well, this week, it's kind of, well, kind of a let's have fun. They don't really watch a movie, so check it out anyway, Castle Vault. Also, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where this week it is part two of their interview with Weird Al superfan Joseph C. Krause as he talks about his band Zelda and the Unibrows and much more this week on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they watch... As a Patreon request, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Try saying that five times fast. As they watch the episode Ape New World. That is this week on Escape from Vault Disney. Also check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss each and every South Park episode. This week I review the Season 13 episode... Pinewood Derby. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And finally, it is back, folks. 
Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts returns this Sunday. Season 2 begins as I go through Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. That is this Sunday, the season premiere of Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. Next week on the show, going to review Extreme Rules, plus going to get into some wrestling news and much, much more. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Have fun wherever it is you're going, whatever it is you're doing. And if you're going to Extreme Rules, have fun, be safe. And when you're done, come back here next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.